Hi, everyone. Welcome to the podcast. I'm here with Rob. Um, we're going to talk today about our wives as, you know, public intellectual. Do you like that term, Rob, public intellectual? I'm not a fan of it, but I guess it's like it's a term that people use and it's sort of a shorthand way to communicate whatever it is we do. Yeah. I mean, just to say writer, I'm a, I'm a thinker. I'm an intellectual. Intellectual seems sort of <laughs> too self-serious. Yeah. Public. Yeah. Public makes it sound more accessible in a way. That's true. Yeah. I, I, but I, I like mm-hmm. the idea of taking ourselves seriously. I'm a writer. When, I, mm-hmm. when people ask me, what, what do I do? What do you say? You don't say public intellectual if someone asks you, do you? No, I actually, I usually just say writer. Um, yeah. Yeah. So, sometimes I'll say like online writer or internet writer. It depends. Like if I'm talking to an older person, right, then I can say online writer. Because if you, <laughs> if you tell an older person that you're a writer, then they're like, oh, who do you write for? What do you write? Or what do you, you know, like they, they want to know like the details. But if you say internet writer, then like, you know, in their old boomer brain, they're just like, oh, he just like writes things on the internet and some, someone pays him. Like it's, yeah. you know, it's, it's yeah. Well, you're, well, I mean, you're, but that, that diminishes you a little bit because it's, it's like someone who's, because you've stepped into the real world, you've been in newspapers and you have a book coming out. Uh, so yeah. it's, I guess uh, you could say author, right? I, I guess, yeah, I could start to say author. You can say author. Um, yeah. yeah, that's true too. But yeah, writer. What do you say? Uh, I say writer. I say exactly yeah. that. I'm, oh, I'm a writer. I'm on, <laughs> and then I say, oh, I'm on Twitter. I try to avoid the conversation because people will like want to talk about politics. It's like, it's not just what I randomly <laughs> want to talk about with people. Um, and so yeah. I'll just sort of be vague. Usually I'll say, oh yeah, I'm a writer. I write for, for, you know, I've been Twitter. I'm on Substack. Um, and then, you know, people are like, oh, that's so interesting. Usually. How often do people know, like when you say Substack, do most of the, like when you interact with strangers, do they know what that is? Uh, mostly not. I usually, I might say like news, I have my own newsletter. Um, okay. Yeah. Yeah. I I would say, yeah, it's like, it's pretty hit or miss. I would say maybe a third of the people, maybe a fourth of the people, when I say Substack, they have any idea what it is. Um, it's weird because like in our circles, right? Like everyone knows what Substack is. Everyone who's sort of plugged into online culture and, you know, independent writing and stuff, they know what it is, but in the real world, just like whatever, talking to whatever staff at the airport or something, they're just like, what's that? Like, you know, newsletter, I think people kind of get, but I still think a lot of people are like confused how you get paid for it. Yeah. Yeah. So whatever, whatever we are, this is advice, how to become whatever this thing is to be, to become a writer or, you know, we're, we're also podcast guys. I mean, we all, we also do a little bit. So yeah, con- we're content, content creators. To, content to creators. Us, we're like a, like we're a Leia, right? It's like puts us all in the same category as like only fans. I'm a content <laughs> creator. I like, yeah, maybe I'll start saying that. I've never, that's never even occurred to me. Sometimes people will refer to me as an influencer. And that also feels like weird because I'm not like, I have Instagram and it's like influencer to me feels like more like image driven yeah or like you know someone who's like trying to promote like a green smoothie and like has sponsorship deals and like that doesn't sound right or, either or like uh, you, you hear it in like politics like they're political hacks like you'll hear like a desantis influencer or like a trump influencer and that i think diminishes me and you That's who are trying true. to be uh who are trying to yeah. be you know saying something more i'd rather be called a grifter than an influencer <laughs> <laughs> yeah so yeah what are, yeah so this is like sort of advice for young people did you so i i think a lot of people are probably like me they they maybe start out in academia because they want to be intellectuals um, of some mm-hmm. kind or write or research for a living did you ever consider you're getting you got your phd did you ever consider becoming uh, well, an yeah. academic yeah i did i did i mean i yeah i think this is like the people on substack almost all of them i think who have a, like a, a relatively large size audience started out like either in academia or journalism or with those 
career paths in mind because like making a living as an independent writer hasn't been around for that long. And so, yeah, when I was, I mean, I started, I think, did I, yeah, when I started college, I did have the plan, like PhD was already sort of baked in because I wanted to be a professor. I wanted to go to grad school. And uh, that was like actually one of the reasons why I decided to go to the UK. I know you recently talked to Nathan and talking about like what's happening in the UK and stuff. And like UK to me just seems, and it's true, it's like a little bit less politically crazy and like you can there's like a slightly greater chance of getting a decent job and like, you know, as, as like a, a non-leftist, but it's still, it's crazy. It's crazy in the UK too. Um, and like at Cambridge, I saw like, you know, whatever people, you know, Noah got fired and then um, Jordan got disinvited and like all this crazy stuff was happening. And so then around that time, this was like kind of fortunate timing. Early 2020 was when I launched my newsletter on like some, it looks like really crappy now you know, in hindsight, but it was like this kind of makeshift thing that I did on MailChimp that I sent out once a week. And um, yeah, didn't then, yeah, put it on Substack later. But yeah, I wanted to be a professor and, or or like I did have this, this I thought like, maybe, you know, maybe I can, you know, because by that point I'd also had like a couple of op-eds placed in some pretty prominent outlets. So I thought, oh, maybe one of these places will take me as like a regular contributor or something. Um, so yeah, definitely that's, that was the original plan for me when did you decide it wasn't uh you know when did you decide to veer in a different direction i think you could tell if you if historians want to look back on it they could see that my twitter gets crazier over time and like the degree of like i was still thinking about academia as like the, the normal of my twitter um and so like for the first like year or so i sort of pretended to be like a like a i don't know normal person who might be able to fit into academia um and so yeah it was just um it was uh, just when I sort of dipped my toe in the water. I was just tweeting a little bit. I was doing sub stacks. I was, I was um, just like a few. And like one of them really took off. And uh, the why is, why is everything liberal in 2021? Oh, um, and then I was like, oh, wait a minute. I can do this. And, you know, this, this is much better. This is all the upsides of academia um, without the downsides. If you can, I mean, like just uh, maybe we're skipping ahead a little bit. Um, like the good sides about academia is being freedom, being able to make your own time, follow your interests, yeah. right? So you get you get to do that, and even more so. Like people, I don't think understand how constrained like academia is. Like half your time, you're looking up the citation, the right citations that you need to have in order to like you know get get things past reviewers. But without the downside, without like not knowing where I'm going to work, like having to teach classes, having to put up with wokeness and, you know, diversity seminars and, and so forth. Um, especially the time thing, the time thing. And like being able to, the other thing was like, you have to like be an academic. You have to be like in one field, right? Like I'll write mm. an essay where I'll draw from evolutionary psychology and I'll draw from economics and I'll draw from per- political science and I'll draw just like from my own experiences. And you can't do that in academia. It's so constraining. Um, the way you need to write things in order to be published. Um, and so yeah, like, as soon as they got it, so annoying. Yeah. And so as soon as or I got like a you taste, you have to put the right references in and every, yeah, go ahead. Sorry. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So as soon as I got a taste early 2021, um, I said, this is everything I want from academia, but with none of the downsides, I was just all in at that point. Yeah. Yeah. I remember like, like my first, I think it was my first or second year of my PhD program. And I, yeah, I, I had written like a pretty good draft of a paper but then, yeah, like the feedback I was getting was like, oh, you didn't reference this, you know, obscure paper from 2007 or this person or that. Or like, you know, you you, you cite this person, but they also wrote another paper on the same topic. You should cite that one, too. And like somehow, like, you, you know, citing properly. I mean, yeah, it's, it's basically like a signal that you did your homework 
And it somehow like, you know, implicitly helps to strengthen the argument because it shows that you, you have read the relevant literature and blah, blah. But it just seemed like, like, if, like, why do I have to cite like every single paper on this topic that this one person wrote? Why can't I just cite one of them or two of them or like the most recent one? But yeah, like people have like, yeah, the whole citation ring thing is kind of silly. Um, yeah, like the imposed structure, the, I mean, peer review is a nightmare in general. Yeah. Like not only having your papers reviewed, um, but then like also having to review other papers too. Like, you know, it like, yeah, this is like, you know, free. I, I guess it's free, you know, in quotes, because you are yeah. getting paid as a professor, or as an academic to do this kind of work and contribute to knowledge and whatever. But it just seemed like a lot of, uh, you know, unhelpful and pointless minutia that I didn't yeah. expect would go along with the job. And then, um, yeah, like you, you, you do have freedom, like more freedom than you would as like, whatever, like an associate at McKinsey or something, but you do end up like having less freedom than you anticipate, especially kind of the, the higher you go, right? Like I, like postdoc is probably like, if you just want to do pure research, postdoc is probably the best because all you're doing is writing research papers. But then as a PhD, you have to write your thesis and it all has to be sort of narrowly defined into one thing. And like, you do end up having to like operate within like a relatively small niche. Yeah. Maybe as a professor, you have a bit more freedom and, and time to expand, like broaden your horizons when you make tenure, but it's a long way there. You have to like color within the lines, like ideal, like, you know, you mentioned you have to be like a normal person on Twitter. <laughs> like it's uh, there's a lot of, you know, you're, you're already sacrificing a lot in terms of income to pursue that job. Like you'd make like a third or less of what you'd make for an equivalent kind of position with that level of education outside of the academy. I guess that's a question too we can maybe touch on later is like, is it true that people go into academia because they can't hack it in the real world? Um, but yeah, like I had the same experience once I started writing online and getting response and getting some traction. And it wasn't like, I wasn't writing for dumb people. Like I was writing like stuff that interested me and smart people were responding to it and sharing it. And that was gratifying too, to see that like, you don't have to just write something that only three people will ever read yeah. And it goes, you know, it's aligned on your CV and then you just move on. Um, and that you could get like an equal or larger audience as you would as a, as a columnist somewhere too. Right. Yeah. But like it, it's still, yeah, it's, it's becoming more whatever accepted, like to, to be able to write on online on a Substack or something. Did you and, ever teach classes? Yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, I, I taught classes and the grading was the part that I did. like the actual teaching is fine, but I hated grading papers. Um, I, yeah, I like interacting with students and stuff that that can be fun. Um, especially like in a, in a topic like psychology or you, you were teaching political science, right? Like mm -hmm. that was your thing. And so like, these are, these topics are like naturally like inherently interesting. Um, but yeah, just the grading of the papers yeah. is also like mind numbing. Yeah. It's not the worst job in the world. Like it's not the most biggest torture for me, but it wasn't like something I'd want to do for free. Right. It wasn't something like, okay, if I can do something and not have to waste time doing this, it was still better. And also sort of, uh, uh, not believing in like, like thinking education is just sort of fake, like, which, you know, I think we, I think most of smart people believe that. Like, I, I just think it's sort of, it's demoralizing to be like, okay, these people are just jumping through hoops um, I'm here. I'm, the, I'm like the warden to just pass them along, and we're just sort of wasting <laughs> away. We're wasting away the lives of our of our youth, and I'm just like the the the, the sort of the guardian of the process. I, I find the I try to teach them something so they do get something out of it. I try to you know help them understand something about the world. Um, 
but most of them don't care. Like, you know, 10% of them care to some extent, 20% of them care to some extent, uh, but most don't. And that's sort of, that's a bit demoralizing. And they don't really even like, you know, we're talking from the position of a graduate student or like, yeah, like a postdoc. And it's like, they don't really even know, like, like a lot of undergrads, right? Like most undergrads aren't going to go to grad school. The vast majority definitely aren't getting PhDs. And so they don't even like really know who you are, like what you do. They just know that you're like kind of a lackey for the professor. <laughs> like, yeah. You know, you're just like the gatekeeper for the grade. Like they don't really know, like, you know, like they just are sort of disconnected from, you know, they're, they're more interested in the professor than they are in you. And so, yeah, mm-hmm. which is like, you know, understandable, but that's like another that. factor of demoralization. Yeah. No, I don't know. I, I think they sort of, I don't know. I, I found they were interested in me. I mean, you're closer in age to them. You're more, you're, you can relate to them um, better than the professor. You're like, you're sort of like a student like them, but you're also sort of an authority figure. So that can make you sort of, you know, close to them, depending on, depending on who they are. I guess. I mean, yeah, maybe, maybe for some of them, but I think by and large, like they just don't really care in general. And they yeah. just know that like the professor has the final say on like the grade that goes on their transcript. And so like, yeah, it's, it's fine though. I mean, yeah, it's not the worst job if you can get it, but more and more, I just like, you know, when I see people who work these jobs and like, I know like the amount of self censorship and stifling their views and yeah, it's, it's like the opposite of what I, I would have expected. Um, you know, and I went into it a little bit naive of like the whole higher education, debates and disputes around what what it's for and everything but i just did not expect like the place where you're supposed to deal in the world of ideas to be like one of the most um you know stifling places or stifling environments yeah. and substack allows you to basically write whatever you want yeah i guess one like, thing we should batteries but, yeah. yeah one thing we should point out is me and you are have broad interests so we are like we're people who um uh who like will write a thing that will have like a lot of people will want to read. If you're pa- so like it might this might not apply to everyone. If your passion is like uh ancient Sanskrit or something, um like you know, you're probably going to want to be in academia because they're going to teach you how to research that stuff and you know, learn the right languages and go to the right places. So it really depends. I mean, I guess this is for people. This is for people who have some kind of broad topic that could potentially be um you know, of interest to a lot of people. Um, yeah, and you have so, to be a bit of a generalist. That's true. Yeah, you have to be. You have to be a little. Not everyone is a generalist. I mean, I think that one of the reasons I think me and you like uh, not every you know got maybe frustrated is because it's just too narrow. Like I felt like I had things to say in the world that incorporated a lot of different sort of sources of knowledge, um, mm-hmm. and not everyone is necessarily like that. Um, and so, yeah, great work if you public intellectual, great work if you can get it. Um, yeah. What, what advice, your, what advice would, yeah. would you have for people, Rob? If uh, uh, like, so how do people do this? Because not a lot of people do. Like, academia is rare. I think what we do is also very rare. Um, yeah. And so, like, yeah. What, what is the path as far as you could tell? Um, well, I mean, it's like for me, it wasn't. It wasn't. Um, it wasn't planned in advance. So I'll see. Like, so the way I ended up here was through sort of small small experiments that went well. I mean, I didn't think of them experiments at the time, but like one way to think about it is like, if you write tweets or share ideas or post things that you're interested in or whatever, and you are able to build an audience and gain some attention for it uh, on Twitter, then you can sort of, so, so this was my, this is what I what happened for me. So on Twitter, I started posting things or sharing things or write the occasional Twitter thread or something, get some traction, get a bit of a following. 
And then once I hit like, I think 10,000 Twitter followers, then I'm like, you know, like, what do you I have reached the end of the free preview of this recording to hear the rest of the podcast, please consider becoming a paid subscriber.